Welcome to Fast Radio. I'm your host, James Like. I've got a very special episode for you today. Got my good friend, my business coach, my counselor that I like hop on the couch and, and uh, spill all my guts to every week. <laughs> He's on the podcast today. His name is Pete Ambrosino. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you, James, for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. Awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Pete before he uh, begins to uh, tell us a little bit more. Uh, Pete is an internationally recognized strategic business advisor and author. He has uh, owned a top 10 nationally ranked franchise, SurfPro. You guys have probably heard of that for 27 years. During his tenure at about year 15, he found himself completely underwater in $600,000 worth of debt. He put $30,000 on his credit cards to hire a team of coaches to invest in himself and create the path of paying it all back. He successfully became debt-free. To this day, he remains debt-free, and he helps other business owners to do the same. He's created and built several startup businesses that sold for two and a half times the multiple. He is personally responsible for producing over $35 million in his own business revenue and transactions in over three decades of being in business. Six years ago, he decided to focus 100% of his time on helping others to build multi-million dollar businesses, while also creating massive breakthroughs, impacting the turnaround of businesses as well. In that short time, he's helped his clients double and triple their revenue with a direct impact of $25 million. I'm throwing around a whole bunch of dollar amounts here, but Pete has done an excellent job with our team. He's done an excellent job all over the country helping a bunch of other people. In the recent 13 years of becoming a business owner, he has studied under the best minds in the world. You guys have heard of him, Robert Kiyosaki, Jay Abraham, Keith Cunningham, and just the other week calculated that he spent over 1,000 hours personally in front of the great Tony Robbins, specifically the business mastery program that Tony Robbins University has and he's been to about 11 times, and the Business Mastery 2, he's been to three times. Man, he's got a whole lot of knowledge. He's had a whole lot of success. He's taken that set that success, and he is uh, doing some big things with it. He loves his country and all who serve it. He's a big patriot. He's a part of the Wounded War- Warriors, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a part of the Wounded Warriors Project and Veterans Helping Veterans. Those are two organizations that are dear to his heart. And his mission is simple. He is a warrior in God's army, and he shares his love by being a blessing in the lives of all he meets. And he is on the show today. Thank you, sir, for taking the time. Man, again, it's a privilege, James, and and, uh, love your spirit and love that that you thought of me for your podcast today, man. This is great. Absolutely, man. Uh, You're perfect for it. Obviously, every week we are doing our Fast Friday episodes, and then we have these little pop-up episodes now and then, whenever I get somebody of your caliber that's able to come on the show, and we're talking about freedom and success, and I know that you're going to bring a lot of value to the audience today, and so let's go ahead and get started, and uh, I've got a couple questions for you. Number one, uh, how did you get your start in business? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, you know, at a young age, I was probably about 16 years old, and I really, I, I watched my I watched my dad kind of get chewed up and spit out in corporate America. And I I really did not think that that was my path. So I realized that I, I, 
needed to be a business owner at an early age and really had no idea how that was going to come to be because, you know, back then, um, the, I don't think the internet existed and we didn't have Google and YouTube, um, to be able <laughs> what, to what year was get, this? <laughs> You're going to age yourself. <laughs> yeah, man, I would say, well, let's see, I was three years old in 1986. No, I'm lying. Um, but that was my about my senior year in high school. It was, it was 1986, 85, 86, something like that. Oh, you're still and young. I, yeah, still young for you're sure. Um, I always say I'm, yeah, I always say I'm 35 and dyslexic. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, so you know, I was on a, I was on the search for what I liked to do. And that was, that took me into, uh, the automotive service advisor and then, uh, went into boats and RVs like service management for that. And then this business opportunity came up with my best friend from high school. And, um, he had bought a, a serve pro franchise probably three months before. And, uh, I was in between uh, jobs with uh, moving out to Wisconsin and then moving back. And short version of the story is, is I, I just went to work with my best friend from high school in his surf pro. And then the short version of the story is another, another neighboring surf pro came up for sale. And again, back then, if you could fog a mirror, you could buy a surf pro franchise. There was really not many requirements, just a, a lot of hunger and ambition. And oh, wow. um, this, yeah. So this guy that was, was selling it had two others and this one was geographically undesirable for him. So he held paper on it and my dad co-signed for the down money. I think I borrowed 20 grand, um, at, at the bank and my dad co-signed for me and gave him the 20 grand and, and off I, off I was in business. It was kind of crazy. So that was like the um, late eighties. Yeah, that was nine. Let me see. That was nine. Let me see. ninety. Three, I think it took me. It took me about four or five years to actually ninety two, ninety three is when I bought it. July ninety three is actually what so it was. Thir- yeah. thirty years ago, and and I yeah. bet that twenty thousand dollars is is uh, was a lot more. I mean, it's worth a lot less now. I was going to say is that twenty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, probably sure. bought you more back then. It did, and it did, and um, you know what was great about it was. Um, you know, it, it was a franchise system. None of my family, I mean, my was, I was the black sheep of the family, man. I, all my family thought I was crazy. My dad knew that I could pay him back the 20 grand because it wasn't a lot of money to him, but it was massive to me when I was, you know, 23 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, cause he knew I would bounce from that if I fell on my face, but, uh, yeah, it was quite, uh, it was quite interesting. And, and, and at that point, you know, I knew that, okay, I'm sort of in charge of my own destiny at that, at that stage of the game. Didn't really know how risky it was, but, uh, yeah, it was, that's that's wild, man. So that was the only, your friend was the only guy that you really knew that, that was in business then. He and I had conversations. Yeah. He, he had, he and I had conversations. He, he really motivated, I give him a lot of credit for kind of opening my eyes and motivating me to actually, continue to look at it because he was really the only support system that I had. Um, because again, my, my family was built upon the, the thinking that, you know, you go to college, get a good education, you work for a company, you get a pension and then you retire. It's like that, that was starting to become not real back then. And, and I think wow. I saw it. I, I think I saw it. Um, and, and in fact, you know what the real, you know what the real pivot pivoting moment for me was, 
What's that? We would go down. Um, our family had a little uh, little houseboat down on the Chesapeake Bay, and it was a rinky-dink houseboat, man. It got us out on the water, and, and I just looked forward to it every weekend. And I'm looking around the marina, and I'm seeing all these massive boats, and I'm like, these people don't work for somebody else. There's no way, right? That, that was kind of the thinking as I, as I remember back to what was going through my mind that, that I, I remember that day when I looked at uh, Georgetown Yacht Basin and uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. So that started my journey and uh, man, I'll tell you what, the 30 years and 30 years plus of learning, I'd never look back. Let me ask you this. Why, why do you think that you had that thought? Like why, why don't more people have that same thought where they look around and, and realize that that somebody's different than they are. Like, what 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 is it? I don't know if that question makes sense to you, but what is it about you and your mindset at that point made it to where you could literally look at something and know that it was different than where you were or the way you grew up? Um, well, that's a great question. Um, and now, as you as you ask it, I'm thinking about. Um, you know, I was always different. I was always the kid that got picked on when I was younger. Um, mm. not, with, not with those guns always... you have now. I've seen those guns <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, you know, it's true. I mean, I, I I was always the I was always the oddball. Um, had a small circle of friends, like my best friend from high school. There might have been a half a dozen of us that that were not really in any kind of click, you know, there, there wasn't, there, they just, we weren't jocks. We weren't, you know, preps. goth or, you know, <laughs> preps and none of that. We just didn't fit anywhere. You know, we, we would just, um, we would just kind of go out and have fun. And, um, I think, I think the two components now that, now that, uh, you asked are uh, my personality is I always want to have fun. If it isn't fun, it's not worth doing. Yep. And, I've always been hungry and the hunger, the hunger or the wanting to do more is kind of a, um, it, it can be a curse in the, in the life of an entrepreneur. Um, it, 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 right. <laughs> it's just, you know, when is enough, you know, what is enough, you know? Um, but I think that that's what really kind of started the, the whole, um, realization and looking at things differently and saying, wow, there must be more here. And, you know, the whole time, and I'm sure most of your listeners went through this if they're from my generation, if you dropped out of college, you're a loser. Yeah. What's, what are you going to do? You know, you're, you just let the family down. I know I let my dad, I went to community college for three months and I'm like, I, I, you know what? I'm out. I, I can't do this. You know, I just knew that this was just not my path. And, um, and that's, that is really kind of what developed, um, you know, so, so I'm going to say that in reality, taking what you perceive as a bad situation or being quirky, getting picked on, it, it, it builds up in you. And, and then, then you, you devise a way to, to, you know, make a better life. Mm. And that's, that's, I, th I think that's the, the path that I was on back then. I love that, man. The, whenever you were, starting the the business like so your dad gives you a twenty thousand dollar loan 
And, yeah. and uh, obviously, have you paid him back, by the way? Did you ever pay him back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, you know, he co-signed for it. It was the first loan that I that I paid back. I wanted to get him off the books as fast as possible. I uh, had a five-year note with the, uh, the the guy that sold me the franchise and, uh, you know, paid him, made him whole. And, you know, in inside of, I'm going to say inside of five years, wow. I, I owned the business outright, you know. Now I had, you know, equipment and all that kind of stuff. But, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a big accomplishment for sure. That's awesome, man. So he gives you the $20,000 and you go start a business. Was there, was there ever a moment when you were like gripped with fear or had you always kind of, kind of made your own way? You know, that, let me, let me tell you this part. So a lot of people, as soon as they get out of high school, they go to college. You know, there's that whole, the whole hamster wheel thing. You jump, you go to college, you come out, you get a corporate job. And then if they do that long enough, the longer that they do it, the more that they fear leaving that environment and becoming a business owner or striking out to do uh, anything more than a side hustle. And so mm. did, did you ever face any kind of fear or had you always from the time that you got out of high school and became a college quitter like me, I'm, I'm a quitter, by the way, 21 <laughs> hours shy. <laughs> Everybody's like, you can, you can finish now. I said, why, why, why do I finish why? now? Like right. I can throw some more money away and more time. Okay. But, um, right. but anyways, so you quit college or whatever, like, was there ever a time when, when you had, when you came to your dad and you said, dad, can you co-sign for 20 grand? You went to the business owner guy and said, "Hey, would you would you give me a loan to buy this business or whatever?" Did you ever have to deal with fear, or was it just something that you believed in, Pete, and you just took off? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think the fear was always there, but there was also a fight within me that was because I had something to prove. Mm. Right. Yep. Cause I, I didn't want to, we all don't want to let our parents down. We all don't want to be, you know, the a disappointment on their path. And that's a big mistake. I mean, I, it changed the way I, uh, ha raised my kids, you know, because of what I went through there. But of course the fear was there, but you know, the fear is where, you know, all you need is six seconds of courage. Wow. And that six in that six seconds, it gets you over that hump. And I, I called out to that courage quite a bit because yeah, it was, you know, money was tight. I mean, you heard about the 600,000 in debt. Um, there was, I mean, literally restarted the business. I was bankrupt on paper, never would go bankrupt because that was just not a part of who I was. I would always, you know, find a way to pay, pay back my debt, but, uh, on paper bankrupt four times. And, and the fourth time was we were sitting there, you know, 15 years in the business going, Oh my God, what, what, why are we doing this? Why, you know, why are we making this revenue and then getting deeper and deeper into debt? So that fear and courage back and forth was, was a part of, because it, it just, I, you never, it's the fight. I'm going to say the fight of never giving up. And I think the, what builds on the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, you, you can be a, I call it a wantrepreneur or you can be entrepreneurial or you can be a true entrepreneur, right? There's, I think there's three levels to it. Okay. So wanting to do it, but not executing is one. 
having the entrepreneurial spirit and kind of dabbling in, dipping your toe in is two. But then the entrepreneur side of your personality is that, okay, if it doesn't work, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and let's try something else. And if that doesn't work, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, try something else. It just never stops. And, yeah, and, and that. thus part of the curse, right? Because when, because that there's, there's the fight. It's like, Oh, when it would, it's the, it's the need for more, you know, and it never, it, and, and until you put that in the proper perspective of what that more really is, um, that's when, that's when the, the whole success picture really comes in in clear and that's what it did for me and this is really great man because i you know what all the times that we've talked together i don't think i've ever told you any of those stories did i i've never never heard one time it's i, I keep it focused on myself <laughs> it's true it's true I'm, I'm, I'm but, you know kidding, what's funny is i no 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 i know but i bring up stories personally sometimes as an example and we've never delved into that this is really this is really uh interesting that uh, this is coming out right now well, you know, I do the podcast for self-value. <laughs> I do it to bring value to others, but I get so much out of it. I'm over here taking notes, man. And I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to your three levels there because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't write fast enough. The pen won't keep up, but, uh, but it's okay. It was great. And I was thinking as you were talking about level number three, I mean, really what we're dealing with as a level three entrepreneur that you talked about is a freaking sickness. I mean, just be oh, honest yeah. about it. It's like it. Oh. when your wife looks at you because you're willing to take ridiculous risks and you don't even, <laughs> you don't even feel it, you know, you don't even feel the stress of it anymore. Like, like now we're taking bigger and yeah. bigger risk always. And there's stress. I mean, there's yeah. definitely some stress and stressful times or whatever, but, but I mean, it, to, to be able to take some of the risk, and whatnot. And I mean, she looks at my wife. I don't know if your if your wife did this, but my wife looked at me like I'm sick in the head. And people who work with me look at me like I'm sick in the head. It's like for the and Tony's over here shaking his head. You know, great producer he is. And, uh, but, uh, and so I I love it though, man. And I I would have never I would never want to go work for someone where I couldn't control my own destiny. I've done that before. I've done all the work and someone else has gotten credit and yeah. I want to control and, and, and I don't need to have the credit on anything. That's what's cool about it. I don't have to have the credit now, but you automatically get the credit when you're the leader. Right. And well, yeah, but you know what? And let me, let me tie that into something that, that might even be a little more descriptive about it. Okay. As the years went on, it, it, I, I, I kind of flipped that, uh, perception onto, Hey, what if this was just part of the adventure? Huh. What if this was a discovery and you know, the, the whole learning and, and as I, as my coaches helped me, you know, we think that when we're out of school, the learning stops, I've learned everything I should, no. I'm done. Yep. It's net. Uh, you're right. It's a hundred percent. It's, you know, being a student of life and being a student of how, you know, how to add value to others, that whole path changes the whole perspective around that desire for more. I believe anyway. So I just, I just had this thought based on what mm. you just said. So if I'm a 65 year old listening to the podcast, which I'll have, I'll have some people that are 
that are in their 60s, maybe even early 70s listening, like what do you think drives someone at 65, 70 years old to do more? Because, I mean, their life obviously is not over, but what's yeah the, the thing that most people do, though, is they retire at 62, 63, they start drawing their pension, start getting their uh, Medicare, and they check out. And, yep. and, and I, sometimes I wonder, is that why they die at 70 and 72 and why other people live till they're 90? Uh, you know, aside from disease or whatever, like uh, I've seen so many people that were, that were great workers in corporate America or wherever. And then they come off of that. And within a few years they're dead. But yeah, would you say that, that uh, being a student and learning more, and always seeking higher to go higher, even at 65, 70 years old, could bring longevity to your life? Uh, no question about it. In fact, you know, um, first of all, I believe that, you know, we're built for 120, right? Our bodies are built for 120. And if you think of, uh, was it Colonel Sanders that, that became, yep. he, he got a thousand no's for, with his recipe. And he was in his he was in his late sixties, early seventies when he when he finally got a yes, right? Um, yeah, late six. I think sixty eight. Sixty eight years old, right? Um, so I, you know what it comes back to is is purpose, is sense of purpose. You know why am I put on this planet? What you know what's the real reason? Because here's the curse. The curse is okay. I made a million dollars. I've got my I've I've got I've, I've taken I have no debt. I'm, I live in a, in a most beautiful place on the planet. Well, okay. Now what? Do we have cocktails on the beach every day? No, because we go through phases in life. And as we get older, I, I tell you, the way I think about life now, um, where in my stage of life is completely different than when I didn't uh, when I was 23. Because 23, life's a party. Right. It's like, man, I got to make more money. I'm in business. I can, you know, catch more girls and go out to more, you know, clubs and, and what have you. I was like, God, thank God I lived through my 20s. It was, you know, it, there's there's way more stories around that. I'm sure you have them as well. But um, our our stage of life and what be, what's more important to us uh, changes. And, and we see things, uh, it could be from a spiritual sense. You know, what, what, uh, you know, how, how, uh, God showed up in our life in, in some ways and, and, and what we're supposed to do for others, because now we have all this knowledge, we have all this experience. What are you going to do with it? You're just going to let it, you know, let it retire with you. Yeah. I, I'm totally not a fan of that. Totally not a fan of that. I mean, I, I see myself, uh, helping others uh, for the rest of my life. I mean, it's something that it, it creates that. And that's where the fulfillment piece is, which I'm, I'm sure you're leading into right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's it. Uh, I, I'm the same way. Like, I, I really am the same way. I, I want to – I get bored. You know, even going to – my wife loves going to the beach. Loves going yep. to Siesta Key right near your house. She loves that beach yep. more than anything. She was upset this year that I took her to Alabama. Okay. You're just oh, you're listening. I love you. But <laughs> I, I said, if we're going to Alabama. I don't feel like, uh, feel like driving to Sarasota. And anyways, yeah. uh, she grew up as a kid on that beach and she could go to that beach every single day. She could lay in that wow. chair. And I'm not saying she's demotivated. She just enjoys it and loves it. 
but I could sure. go there every single day and I could see a ton of old people every single day that are grabbing a six pack, going and sitting on the beach, watching, watching whatever they watch. Sun oh, goes yeah. down, the no CM start biting. They leave the beach, you know, they go home, they do it all over again or work in the garden and doing all this. And it, it just bores me to tears. Like I cannot yeah. sit still. I, I, I think it's because no, we, we just have that sense of purpose, man, that we, we have more to accomplish. We have more to get done. I say it all the time, man. I, you know, I literally live five miles, a five mile bike ride to one of the, the Anna Marie Island here. And, um, I look forward to, I tell all my friends just, you know, tell me when you're on your way, you want to get away because when they come down, they give me an excuse to go and enjoy the beach. Because we, we have to, my wife and I, we, we, we find ourselves and here's the curse. We just, we work and work and work. And then we have to schedule our together time and go out and catch a sunset, you know, and plan that because you get, we just get so sucked in. It's something that, you know, I work on myself with my own mastermind team that I'm accountable for and coaches, you know? because we, we can get into that, into that vicious cycle of doing the same thing, but you're right. The, the folks that, that may not have found that sense of purpose don't e they don't even know. I mean, can you imagine the amount of experience and helpful knowledge somebody that worked in an industry for over 30 some years has, and they just let it die with them. Yep. It's, sad, it's such man. a shame. It's sad. It, it, it feels like a waste, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I Especially mean, it, somebody it, it, we, who's we, in a job where the technology doesn't even line up with all the things that they learn where the technology's passed them by. I mean, what, what, what use is it after that? Yep. hundred percent. So uh, is there such thing as uh, too much work or working too much? Um, and it's a loaded question. You know, it is a loaded question and it's a good one because you know, there's, there's this myth of work life balance. And I think it is a myth. I think that I, I think that um, there's no such thing as work-life balance. I think there's work-life integration, to where you know, just like my wife and I have to catch each other, and we have to plan for fun time, date night, you know. And 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 you and I have had these conversations before, right? So as I'm talking to you about them and bringing them up, I'm I got I got to you know drink my own medicine, so. Um, at the same time that I'm helping someone else, I have to do the same thing and, and be able to recharge because here's the thing. There is such a thing as working too much because if you're working too much, then your, your tank becomes empty. So there has to be a way for you to refill your tank so that you can give more to others. Um, cause you have to take care of yourself first. And that's ultimately that that's ultimately where the integration comes in and the ability to catch it before it requires attention. Mm. You know, if, if, if you, if you don't catch it, it's going to require attention. It's going to come up smack you in the face and, and having a system or, uh, you know, someone that, that is there to remind you, um, a, a mentor, you know, somebody that, yeah, man, it, it's like, we all need it. I mean, me, you know, me as well. I, I, uh, and, and other perspectives. That's where, that's what's so amazing about it is that when you get other perspectives, you get to choose what's right for you. 
Now you decide, okay, what's my definition of success? How do I define the freedom and, and what's working too much? Well, and that would be a great question to ask. And that's going to be my next question. How mm-hmm. do you define success and freedom or freedom and success? It's not soft radio. It's fast radio. So <laughs> freedom and success <laughs> talk. So how do you gotcha. define freedom and success? So I think the first, um, the first piece of the freedom is, is it's a, it's a freedom is a feeling. Would you agree? Kind of an, uh, an, an yeah. ideal, ideal feeling, right? Yep. I'm, I'm finding and, that out more and more every day, but yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and when I feel, uh, you know, and I'll give you an example, I, I've been around the water ever since I was a kid because of the whole boating thing. You know, I feel the freest when I am up on plane, running a boat down the Chesapeake Bay or down the intercoastal or what have you. It's just a freeing and people get it from flying, riding a horse, riding a bicycle. It doesn't matter. Right. It's that it's that you're in the elements. Right. Yep. Most importantly, freedom for me is not being bound by debt and having that, you know, that monkey on your back all the time, just, you know, that you're constantly struggling to get out of. Um, that's a huge piece of it. And the freedom of, of time and being able to put my time where I believe is most valuable tied into my purpose. Mm. So I love that I get to coach from wherever, jump on a podcast with you while I'm sitting out at the causeway, you know, uh, with my coffee. Right. To me, it's like, it's like, okay, if, if, and, and, and it's filling a, a second purpose, which I'm helping others at the same time. Absolutely. So it's a twofer. Right. I love it, man. Um, doesn't even feel like work. Does so, it? doesn't feel it does not and that's that there's the other there's the other component too if if you do what you love for me time disappears and how free can that be when you're so when you're so um into what you're doing that it doesn't matter you're not watching the clock it's not it's not like work um and then the success piece you know um that's changed for me over time because Man, my first goal, my first huge goal was to have some kind of boat to put at this awesome marina on the Sassafras mm. that was better than my dad's. Right? Yep. So <laughs> I, I it, and the, it would just be right. And, and to be, to be on the Sassafras river a, you know, at a young age with what could be, I mean, it was a 29 foot boat, but it was really cool. And the day that I pulled that boat into the slip, it was like, okay, what's next? And then the curse shows up. Yeah, then the curse. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But man, you know, the, that whole, that whole thing. And then that, that was success for me back then. Yeah. You know, and I think I was, I don't know, when I, when I did that, I was maybe uh, 30, 29, 29, 30 years old, something like that. Um, I was, you know, I was the youngest at the dock. Let's put it that way. I, I, you know, there, there was, everybody else was 10 years, my senior at the, at the dock for sure. So, um, but that changed as the years went on when my purpose changed 
in in instead of focusing on me, it was focusing on helping others. And it's like, man, I went through all this, and I'm sure there's other people that have been through the same stuff, and, and they just haven't figured out how to get out of it. And because my coaches helped me, that changed my path into helping others because it's like it, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than when, when those light bulbs go off and, and you can affect someone else, you know, turn their business around, you know, go from zero to six million in, the, in three years, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, that, that to me is, is the fulfilling part. And how can I use this business to affect even more lives or just be a little, little, you know, a little um, positive effect in helping someone else help many more. Chain reaction, man. It's a chain reaction. Absolutely. Cause I mean, it, you know, for let's, let's go for you and I, you, you, you have an amazing mission and purpose with your business that has nothing to do with your business. Yep. Right. So my fulfillment, regardless of how much, I don't care how much you pay me, but man, if I hear the stories about how many little girls lives you saved this year and I get to help you, there's nothing better. And you have a hand in that for sure. There's nothing better. It just doesn't, you cannot, you can't measure that. Yep. There's no, no amount of money you can put on any of that. No, no, not even close, man. Not even close. That would be valuing a person. And I mean, people are invaluable. Yep. Yep. Or unvalued. Because most people, most people don't realize you know, that those things can happen. You don't have to be a coach to do that. You just have to, you you just have to, you have to be able to influence others in a good way. Which is what exactly what we're doing on the fast podcast every single week. I love it. It may only be one person. It may be 10 people, maybe hundreds, but. Yep. And there may be eight weeks when no one listens to the episode, but Rob. <laughs> we just need the one win, man. That's all we need. We need one person to listen. That's all we need. <laughs> That's all it takes, man. Well, what do you, uh, what kind of advice would you have for somebody who is uh, looking to create freedom and success? And this is like just kind of one last piece of advice, parting advice, if you will, before we uh, start concluding the interview here. But what advice would you have for somebody who's, who's searching after freedom and success that you haven't already shared? That's a great one. Um, you know, one of the processes I went through in some of my immersive learning, the realization that we don't have to be out of control or we don't have to let circumstances control us. We get to create them. Mm. And when my mentor and teacher gave me a large piece of poster board and some Crayola markers, (laughs) yeah, I'm not kidding you. It, it was, it was like, you know, here are the few areas you decide what areas of your life are most important. And without distraction, 
you get to just just brain dump what has been stuck in there for years as what could be and, and, and it's always going to change the first the first version is not going to be perfect don't get me wrong which is why we put it in Crayola markers yep. um and and you get to you literally get to design it and tying it into the curse of being an entrepreneur if you think of it as being on a treasure hunt, you, you've got the, the treasure map. It's, it's really beat up and, and, you know, you can barely make it out, but you know, the treasure's there and you're going to never give up to get there. But you know what? You get to design how you take the journey to the treasure. Mm. Right. And, and being able to take yourself out of your current circumstances mind and, 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 it, and it can be, and this is what I use the beach for. This is what I use my bike for. Um, this is what I use when I go and learn and, and study. Um, I take that time to capture cause it's always changing. It's always changing. The, 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 I want more turns into how can I do more for others? Very how, true. You know, who do I, who do I have to become? to be able to do more, to enjoy that, you know, and, and then it all, it all will fall into place, but taking the time to remove yourself from the day to day and drawing it, making some pictures, you know, a dream, you know, if, if any of your listeners ever do a dream board, it's so powerful. Um, but having that vision in some way is, is, is what I would say would be the, uh, would be the advice. I love that, man. Some people call them vision boards, dream boards, but yeah. the way that you just described it was better than I've heard in the past. So that that's amazing. Is there a is there a an amount of money that that uh, that that one can attain that that really is a, a measuring point of the end all be all? Mm. Um. I think that's different for everybody, but I think it would be better measured on liabilities. When your when your income exceeds your liabilities, that would be when you win, in my opinion. Because hmm. now now you that. have. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's I, I give that to Robert Kiyosaki. If if you've ever played the um, what is the, his game, the Rat Race. Uh, oh, the cash flow. Oh, cash yeah, flow. cash flow game. Yep. I have, have yeah. it for the kids, yeah, actually. And uh, oh, my God. My seven year old, she wins at Monopoly, but somehow she always ends up getting like a, a high paying investor job on, on cash flow for kids <laughs> or whatever. I forget yep. now. We, we quit yep. playing because she, she would dominate and get this maniacal laugh every time she beat her sister. Oh, she would win at cash flow or Monopoly? Which one? Uh, she wins at both, but uh, with the cash flow, the cash flow game, she always ended up ended up in a lucky state, but monopoly dude, she, she racks up hotels and houses faster than I do. And, uh, and that's, and that's me trying to beat her seven years old. I don't know. She's, she's got a lot of, got a lot of play, but anyways, um, well, cool, man. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I've been maintaining and saying that like it's, and this is just me personally, I kind of find, and people are going to laugh at this, but it's true without like owning a private jet or doing something crazy like that. I found it kind of hard to spend more than about $30,000 a month without like yeah. totally upgrading. Cause I just don't need, I've been trying to get my wife to buy a Louis Vuitton or like a coach purse or something like that. And she goes, 
having all these kids and hauling all their junk around? She goes, no, my purse will get dirty. It'll be, I'll end up (laughs) leaving it behind, losing it. I'm not spending that kind of cash. I mean, literally like it, it gets very difficult without travel and giving money away. It just gets very difficult to spend X amount of dollars. And people are always chasing a certain dollar amount, but even a millionaire today means something different than it did whenever you started your business in the nineties. Well, yeah. And you know what? Here's the other thing. Yeah. How many unhappy millionaires do you know? You know, they, yeah, it's, they've, they've spent their, spent their lives chasing the dollar. They've, they've achieved so much that, like you said, they're, they're sitting, they're sitting on the beach. They've got this routine going on. Maybe, you know, have all their expenses covered and so forth, but now what, you know, where's the fulfillment? What, 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 what can they do? And that's, and that's the, that's the flip. It's, it's going from, from inward need to outward and say, okay, how, you know, what am I here on this planet to do and serve and, and, and who do I need to become to help even more? Because that's immeasurable in mo- in, in money. It's just, it's just money is not a measurement of that. And, and that, that unconditional giving or unconditional love that you can give others, you know, is, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Sure. Um, and, and you're, you're, you're a prime, you'll answer this real easy. What was the last thing that you gave to someone without an expectation of anything in return? Uh, I gave gave a scholarship last week to my old Bible college. There you go. You were speaking there. I remember you telling me. Yep. And you should have seen the and, room. And it, and when you're a ter- oh, yeah. when you have a terrible when you do a terrible job speaking in front of people, just give right. to a bunch of college kids. Just give them a scholarship, and they they totally forgot your message. They, all they remember <laughs> is you gave a scholarship, and they hope to get a piece of it. <laughs> but That's no, so ser- cool. seriously though, like yeah, yeah, that was the that would have been the last time for me last week. Yeah, because I mean, there's nothing there's nothing that that school or those kids, you know, you would never want anything back for them. Right. There's it's not really anything feeling, they, could, they they necessarily no. could bring without them coming to work for me or something. Give me your stories, right? Tell me your stories about what you did with it. That's the payback, right? Just give me that give me that feeling of what of what happened as a result. It's really planting again, a seed in a harvest that I may never see on this earth. Yes. You know? Yeah. But I have my hands, same yeah. thing that you do for coaching people. I mean, you have your hand yeah. in someone else's life change. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's why I wanted to visit the money question because a lot of people equate freedom and success with with dollars. And even yep. now I've got a I've got a canvas from my house that I brought up here. It's a canvas picture thing and uh it says it's not the money I'm after, it's the freedom. And I've had that yeah. for a long time to remind me that there's no amount of money that's going to bring freedom and fulfillment like full freedom and fulfillment, you know, it's a perception that it will, but money's good for the good that money can do. Otherwise, I mean, there's, you're, you're never going to, if your pursuit is money, you're never going to get enough. There's never going to be enough. There's always going to be some, somebody that has more unless you're uh, Warren Buffett or uh, Jeff Bezos or uh, Elon Musk. I mean, I guess they're at the top of the food chain, (laughs) but even they have to maintain it. I mean, they have to sure. work hard to maintain that or else they'll, they'll quickly slide down the scale. I mean, it, you know, you take a guy like Elon Musk, you know, he lives in, in like a, a little, a little shack <laughs> just because that's not where his value is around, you know, having a beautiful, is, you know, he doesn't, he just doesn't, he doesn't spend any time there. 
you know, and and that's and that's a, a clear example of of the the curse of you know always wanting more. So you know, how does he get fulfilled? What makes him fill up? You know, my sense is is that he's creating a way for humanity to exist somewhere on some other planet. You know, uh, yep. so that that could be his driver right there. You know, that his contribution, you know, he's making all this money. I mean, you, you can't measure his, his bank account, but, um, you know, the ultimate effect. I mean, I'd like to think that. I don't know that for sure, but I'd like to think that because on the surface, that's what it seems. It's interesting, man. Yeah. And, you know, we yeah. could go on all day but, talking about these guys, oh, talking about freedom, oh, talking about success. I love it. Uh, here, here's the thing. Uh, I want you to have an opportunity there, there are going to be people that are listening to the show that are kind of, kind of caught up. Um, I, obviously I'm not really a coach per se. Like I, you know, I spend time with my own team and I've got people in my life that I mentor, but, uh, I may have some, some listeners that are looking to go next level that are like, man, I love this Pete guy. He's saying everything that I need to hear. I want to interview him and see about hiring him as a coach. Where can people reach you and get a hold of you best? Um, easiest thing to do is just to go to PeteAmbrosino.com. Um, you're welcome to grab a copy of my free book there, uh, schedule some time with me and, um, I'd love to hear from you. And if there's a way I can help you, I, I'd be, uh, be happy to serve. Um, you know, I, I, um, uh, I build, you know, one of the things that's driving me right now is, you know, we as coaches, we can only handle so many clients effectively, right? So the question of, okay, where, when's enough is, is, is the question because you only have so many hours in the day. So um, one of the things that I'm blessed to be around is a, um, uh, a, an amazing team of coaches that, that specialize in, in other things. So if I'm not the right fit for you, I certainly will know somebody that I can flip to you and, uh, and set you up with a, with a discovery call or cons, you know, not consultation or, or what have you, but, uh, you know, love to be that, that, uh, that, that, uh, point of contact for you. Yeah, that would be amazing, man. And Tony, I'll go ahead and put your uh, website link in the notes section on the podcast, as well as Thank on you. our social media platforms. I'll definitely give you a shout out there. So you guys go to PeteAmbrosino.com, connect with them. Hey, there's a free book. Nothing is free anymore. And he's giving away a free book. Well, unless well, we're not going to get into politics. I almost threw it out, but I if I get Pete going, so final we did question. A great job of staying away from that, brother. I know. I, tell you I what, know that we was did. A great- <laughs> we'll start. We'll start another. We'll start another uh, podcast at some point in the future, maybe. But uh, that's good. So I have one more question to end this, and in a couple weeks, we'll definitely be reminded again of the answer of this question. But my question mm. for you, Pete, is who is America's team, baby? Oh, man, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Good Lord. I was going to say we stayed away from football, too. James is like the biggest Cowboys fan I know on the planet. And being from Philly, there is this this monster, monster despise <laughs> of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I just can't even – That's you want to talk about immeasurable? You can't measure <laughs> the despise of He's the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my God. God, look out. I can't believe you brought it up. That's so funny. Tony's <laughs> over here dying, dude. Tony, Tony just canceled his, his coaching call for next week. 
on the couch with you according to recent reports <laughs> yeah right it's like, oh yeah, you can, my you can god stay here but uh well That's man right. th- thanks for taking the time to come on the show i look forward to being on yours as well and uh yeah, man uh, you guys check it out thank you for everything until next time hope you guys have a great week i wish you much freedom and much success bye-bye everybody
Welcome to Fast Radio. I'm your host, James Like. 